This is Mr. Gleasing here. We're doing podcast 3.1. This one's on waves. So first of all, we need to talk about some parts of waves or some properties of waves. Let's talk about the properties first. When we talk about a wave, we can talk about it in terms of three things that will help us actually figure out what we need to know about the waves. And the three things that we are most concerned with, at least when a calculation comes, is either the period or the frequency and thus the wave speed that results from that. And the other thing that should have been added in here is also the wavelength. So first of all, let's talk about the wavelength. Wavelength, and we will see in a few slides how we actually can measure that. Wavelength is basically the length of the wave, the distance from crest to crest, or maybe from trough to trough, or from any point on the wave to the same exact point on the next part of that wave. So that's the wavelength when we're talking about what we need to talk about here. And then we have the period or the frequency. And we are already familiar with these terms because in the, in the first unit uh, we had equations dealing with circular motion and we talked about the frequency in the period where we know that the frequency is equal to 1 over the period and we'll need to know the frequency in order to do these calculations. So the period is basically the time it takes for a wave to go up and then back down again or in and then out depending on what we're talking about in terms of a type of wave. So if we talk about a standard wave motion like this, then if I want to talk about the wavelength, I could take it from crest to crest so if we want to talk about the wavelength, again, we talk about crest to crest, which are the two points on this diagram, or we could talk about these two points, which are the start of the wave. Notice that this first point, the wave is going in that upward direction. And at the second point, the wave is going in this upward direction. We could talk about trough to trough, which is the lowest points. We could talk about this point here, which would also be on this point here. So if we take wavelength, we can take crest to crest, trough to trough, whatever we need to, as long as we're taking the same point on the wave. Now, if we want to talk about the period, it's how long it takes to go from crest to crest, or trough to trough, or so on and so forth. So the period is how long it takes one full wave to go by. The frequency is how long, or how many waves go by in a period of time. And since we want periods to be in seconds, our frequency is in hertz, which is one per second. So if we have a number for frequency, then it would be measured in hertz because our period would be in seconds. Now, to find wave speed, you have the equation, and if you can't read it, is that the wave speed is equal to the frequency times the wavelength, which is a little lambda symbol, kind of an upside down y. Now, we already have an equation for speed, which is distance divided by time. And if we think about what wavelength is, wavelength measured in meters is a distance, and frequency is divided by seconds, one over seconds. So the two equations go together. We could use either one depending on 
the information we have. If we have a time, we'd probably want to use the original equation that we've dealt with. If we have a frequency, or if we're looking for a frequency, we'd want to use this new equation, where the wave speed is equal to the frequency times the wavelength. And of course, this only works for any time you have periodic motion where you actually have a wavelength. All right, we can use the original equation that we're used to, velocity equals distance divided by time for any type of movement. Now, a couple constants that you must know, you need to memorize these, whatever you need to do. You do need to know that the speed of sound in air is approximately 340 meters per second. If that information is not given to you in the problem, that is the number for sound that you will use. Sometimes the speed of sound is different. If we're talking about at zero degrees Celsius, in other words, at the freezing point, speed of sound is about 330 meters per second, so 340. So they do change depending on the temperature. And of course, that is only in air. It's different in other places. We'll talk about that later on. Now, if we're talking about the speed of light, we can talk about it in terms of air or a vacuum because the speed of light is so fast that the slowing down in vacuum or the slowing down in air is not enough to be measured. So when we need the speed of light in air or vacuum, as it says, is 3 times 10 to the 8 meters per second, much faster than the speed of sound in air. All right, let's look at a couple problems here. Um, this one's dealing with a radio station, and we have a frequency of 99.5 megahertz. So mega is a million, so that would be 99.5 times 10 to the 6, which gets us to the million hertz. So we have a frequency given to us. Now we're asked for the wavelength. And according to our equation, wave speed is frequency times the wavelength. Well, solving that, that gives us that the wavelength is equal to the wave speed divided by the frequency. Well, we need a wave speed. We just talked about that. Now, this is a radio station. These are radio waves. Contrary to what you may think right off the bat, radio waves are not sound waves. Radio waves are actually electromagnetic waves, which are the same as light waves. So if we're talking about any type of wave that's not a sound wave, then we're probably going to use this if there's nothing else given. 3 times 10 to the 8th meters per second. And we have our frequency, 99.5 times 10 to the 6th hertz. And all I have to do is plug this in to the calculator, and I'm going to get an answer for wavelength. All you have to do is plug this into the calculator. I recommend you do this to make sure, again, that you know how to use your calculator properly. That is the answer that you get, wavelength in meters. Let's go ahead and look at significant figures. I've got three digits given to me, so I'm going to keep three digits, 3.02 meters for a wavelength for a radio station. And that's about average, 99.5. It's about the middle of your dial. Another example. This one does not involve sound or light, so we can look at this example and uh, pull some more information from it. Uh, we've got clay surfing on a wave, propulsion towards the beach with a speed of 5 meters per second. The wave crests are 20 meters 
apart. Well, 20 meters is a distance that will be our wavelength, and we're asked for the frequency. Again, plug the stuff into our equation. If we're looking for the frequency this time, we're going to have the wave speed divided by the wavelength. And our speed was 5.0 meters per second. Our wavelength was 20 meters. And the answer is not 4. The answer is actually 0.25 or 1 fourth. So the frequency is 0.25. Remember, frequency is measured in hertz. There's another part of this question, what is the period? Well, we just saw that frequency is 1 over the period. So the period is 1 over the frequency. So if I take 1 over 0.25, the period is 4 seconds. What does that mean? That means one wave goes by every 4 seconds. All right, let's look real quick at the types of waves. You've got two types of waves to worry about. You have transverse, which is a perpendicular motion. And you have longitudinal, which is uh, kind of a compression-based. It's parallel to the direction of motion. So looking at the picture you have, in, in, ver in picture A, you have a transverse. And in that wave, you see it's perpendicular to the motion. The wave itself travels from left to right in both pictures. The motion in A, you can see by the arrows that are already there, is an up-down. Or it could be left to right, as long as it's not in the same direction as the wave motion. That's what makes it transverse. And that's the type of wave you're used to seeing. You notice it has that kind of sine wave property. And we can go ahead and label on here things we already should know from previous slides. Our wavelength is going to be crest to crest. Of course, we can label that as crest. Down at the bottom, we have troughs. And you can see that in this diagram, it labels the trough to trough as the wavelength. All right. And then, of course, right in the middle is where it would be if there was no uh, change. In other words, there was no wave. All right, looking at the bottom one, in a longitudinal wave, you don't see the same kind of motion, but you still see a wave-like motion. Instead of crests and troughs, or ups and downs, we are going to see uh, compressions. And there's several of them here. I'm going to label them, several of them right there. You notice that the linky springs in this example are closer together, where you don't see a lot of slinky parts together. Those are called rare factions because it's rare to find part of the wave there. All right, so that is what we have here for a longitudinal wave. And longitudinal wave would go from compression to compression, or rare faction to rare faction. Notice in this diagram it goes from the middle of the compression to the middle of the compression would be our wavelength. All right. Now, something I do need to talk about now. You will see an example of this in one of your assignments is interference. Interference is when two waves come together. So let's say I have an up wave and we have another up wave 
coming together. Well, one second later, this wave will be moved down by one, and this wave will be moved down by one. One second later, what was right here is now one second later right here. This part is now right here. This part is right here. Looking at the other wave, this part is now right here. This part is now up here because we're adding in. We go up two at this point and this part still is zero. So my total wave at this point gets bigger. When two waves collide and they are both facing the same direction, they'll get bigger. Now, if they were going the opposite direction, if they're both going in the downward direction, or one's going down, one's going up. There we go. All right, the next second, what was right here, has moved down by one. Notice that I have to add everything up. This one here has moved over by one. All right, the next second, what was right here, is now right here. This one's down one. This one's up one. This one has moved down to here. Now we go up one here and down one. Well, if we have one up and one down, they're going to cancel each other out and we lose the wave at that point. Remember, we've got a kind of a sum going on here. So when two waves that are going opposite directions come together, they cancel each other out. Before, we saw up plus up, and that resulted in two ups. All right, now we see up plus down equals cancel. So what we're seeing here is when they collide, they're going to interfere. You can kind of think about this as a game of tug of war. If two people pull on the same side, you're going to increase your pull. Two people pull in opposite directions, you decrease your pull. That's basically what interference is. And again, when you look at the worksheet that you'll have to do for this, um, you'll be able to see a bigger example that's worked out over several seconds and how they interact. I do want to talk a little bit about Doppler effect. Doppler effect uh, is essentially the change of a wave due to a movement of either the source of the wave or the person observing the wave. In the case of most of these examples, you're going to see the source move. In the picture you have here, you have the little red dot source moving in the direction of the red arrow. And what you can see is as it moves in the direction that the arrow is going, each subsequent wave kind of gets a little closer and closer together. The wavelength here, again, notice it's crest to crest or trough to trough. This distance is much smaller than the wavelength over here because it's moving away. Now, if we wanted to figure out what that was, the actual wavelength itself, we have, let's say this was one meter. Let's say this was three meters. Well, halfway between that, it should be about two meters for a wavelength, all right? So what we see during, with a Doppler effect is that the wavelengths either shorten or lengthen depending on whether you're moving towards makes shorter wavelengths or if you're moving away something makes longer wavelengths. Now using the equation that we already saw with the V equals uh, frequency times wavelength, 
if we have a longer wavelength for any given speed, which is, remains a constant for sound, of course, if we had a longer wavelength, we're going to have to have a shorter or lower frequency. Lower frequency means a lower pitched sound. On a shorter wavelength, you're going to have a higher pitched sound, a higher frequency. So what you should hear, if you hear the Doppler effect, is when something is moving towards you, it has a higher pitched sound. And when it moves away from you, it has a lower pitched sound. All right. Now, you can see examples of these waves being um, generated in a visual uh, aspect by searching Google for the information you have here, Doppler effect simulation. Look at the first and second links. And if you look at the first link, you'll get to see the Doppler effect. And I want you to draw sketches. This is part of the notes. This does need to be done in your notes. You can do this after the last slide. And if you need help with this, please ask questions. All right, I want you to draw the sketches to show what each looks like. What's really important is that you're very careful, especially around those that these are very close together. Look at the difference between those, and I want you to be careful about what you see right here. So what does that mean? That means with the Doppler effect, if we have something coming closer to you in terms of sound, we already said the higher pitch if it's coming toward you, lower pitch going away from you because we have a higher or lower frequency and pitch and frequency relate. If we're talking about color, we have something called a blue shift and a red shift. If a star is moving towards us, it'll be bluer than it would be expected. If it's moving away from us, it would be more red than expected. And what we can do is use this red shift or blue shift to determine actually if planets are moving or stars are moving away from us. And this is why we know so much about our universe. All right, real quick, you're going to look up a lot of information for sound uh, as you complete one of your assignments. Some things I want to uh, stress real quick is that sound is a longitudinal wave, which means you have compressions and rarefactions. Speed of sound in air, we said, was approximately 340 meters per second. And the speed of sound is different depending on where it is. Solid has a very high speed, and gas has a very low speed. This is different from what you're used to, but because sound requires a medium. And by medium, that means material to travel through. Solids being more dense means it can travel quicker through a solid. It travels slower through gases because there's less material there. Remember, less density in a gas. Since there's no matter in a vacuum in outer space, there is no sound in outer space or in any kind of vacuum. All right, now, I do want to stress the fact that just because it travels faster in a solid than a gas does not mean it travels better in a solid than a gas. It doesn't travel necessarily further. All right, we're just talking about speed here. Um, loudness is related to essentially the volume or the amplitude of the sound waves. Just because it's louder does not mean it's a better sound. It just means it's got more energy. 
and amplitude is a measure of energy. All right, natural frequency we'll look at. I just want to stress that natural frequency is different for each object. All right, and everything has its own natural frequency. It may or may not be something we can actually measure. Force vibration is exactly that. It's when you make something vibrate as a result of some one other object vibrating. This may be if you've gone to a very loud concert or very loud club. If you're near the speakers, you can feel your body vibrating even though you're not touching the speakers. Um, this is also um, going to be something you examine during one of your labs. All right, resonance, you're going to uh, actually look at at one point or another. I just want you to want to stress that this is important. Same thing for beats. Interference, we've already looked at. Um, this is when the sound, again, will get louder or softer as the waves either combine to get bigger, combine to get smaller. That's when the loudness or the amplitude changes, causes interference. And beats, when you look at it, will be a result of that. Now, last slide here for light, just things I need to stress. Light is a transverse wave, all right, which is this type of wave. All right, speed of light, we already said, was 3 times 10 to the 8th meters per second in air or a vacuum. Now, with sound, it requires a medium. So in solids, it's faster. Light, on the other hand, and you can read this in the book, light, on the other hand, is the exact opposite of that. Light does not require a medium, and in fact, the more dense it is, the uh, slower it's going to get. So in a vacuum, we say it's going the speed of light, which is C. And by the way, you've seen C before if you've seen this equation right there. Right, we say C is the value, a constant for the speed of light. Why do we use C? Because the speed of light is constant no matter what you're doing in terms of Newtonian physics. Speed of light in a vacuum is always 3 times 10 to the 8th meters per second regardless of how fast you're going. Well, in water, it turns out it's actually about 3 fourths the speed of light. It slows down. And when you look at rarefaction, uh, or, I'm sorry, when you look at refraction, you're going to see an example of that. Same thing for glass, you'll be able to witness that. It's about one-third less the speed of light in a vacuum. Diamond is actually very slow, about 0.4, less than a half the normal speed of light. So it slows it down a lot. Now when you learn about refraction, you're going to learn what all this does to a light wave. Okay, I do want to stress that light is an electromagnetic wave and there are a lot more electromagnetic waves other than lights, such as x-rays, microwaves, we already saw radio waves. There's a whole bunch more and again these are all in your book, so I'm not spending a lot of time on this. So anytime we talk about any type of electromagnetic wave, it applies to everything we're talking about with light. Shadows, you will do some labs on shadows and um, it's kind of interesting to see how that works. Just be careful about what you're looking at. Shadows are absence of light, okay? 
I want you to remember that when you're doing whatever it is you're doing. And then polarization, you will look at that. Uh, so I'm going to leave that at that. Just know that's an important talking point with light. That's it. Uh, 24 minutes and 15 seconds.